The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, the Royals did exactly what they needed to do in New York. They took two out of three, pretty much all because of their pitching. Two to nothing, another shutout, two out of three games at Yankee Stadium. It's Davo with your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. As we've been telling you, three and three, the minimum on this road trip, four and two, the goal. Well, to get there, you obviously pretty much need to go two out of three in New York, which the Royals did. And now they await the Tigers, who play on Sunday Night Baseball here a bit later against the Giants in a pitching matchup, Hudson versus Lobstein, that you would think would favor the Giants. But yeah, two to nothing. The Royals get the win today. And I don't know about you. I'm not going to apologize for the Royals winning and getting unearned runs today and on Friday. I mean, the Royals easily could have been shut out both Friday and today. I mean, even yesterday, the Bats barely had a pulse. And obviously, that's a little bit of a worry. We'll talk more about that a bit later here on Clubhouse Conversation. But the bottom line is the Royals won two out of three. They swept Texas, so they've won five of their last six. And people keep saying, well, they're not playing well. They're choking. Well, they've won five of their last six. They're gaining ground on Detroit as we speak. So let's just kind of leave the Royals' offense at what it is for now. I mean, disappointing right now as they've scored two runs or less in six of their last eight games two or less in six of their last eight and if you wanted to be technical without the defense helping out it'd be much less than that but let's talk about your Donovan Ventura because and, and the pitching in general both today and this weekend because it's been fantastic we raved on and on and on about James Shields on Friday obviously as Shields eight and a third shutout innings yesterday we talked about Brandon Finnegan after we worried about Danny Duffy. Now, still no new, you know, news as we record this about what the MRI results are for Danny Duffy. The Royals probably know as of now. It's about 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. Probably about now. The news is pretty much out, but they probably aren't going to release it till the morning. But we talked about Finnegan yesterday, You know, the, the sweeping slider. I love the, the, the bite and the action on that slider. The changeup was more impressive than I thought. Fastball touching 95, 96. So been impressive all weekend. But today, Yardano Ventura, we're not the only ones impressed by this guy. And I didn't even think Ventura was at his best again. But Carlos Beltran, after the game, quote, it's been a while since we've seen someone with that kind of stuff. And that's saying something. But Carlos Beltran says that. And by the way, thank you, Carlos, for not being able to play defense today and giving us that run. <laughs> Appreciate that. Since you know, Thank you for the great five-hour energy commercials where you've aged 30 years in the last year. But anyway, it's been a while since we've seen someone with that kind of stuff. Carlos Beltran said that about Yordano Ventura. And that's great because, again, I mean, Ventura was good for sure. Impressive as hell. But I still didn't think he was at the top of his game. That's how good he is right now. That's how impressive he is. He goes six-plus innings as he came out for the seventh for one batter walked him, which is a cardinal sin, but six-plus innings of shutout ball, scattered only three hits, did walk four, struck out only two. So that's what I'm saying. He only struck out two when he's really, really, really going. He's striking out more guys. But, you know, Danny Duffy this year has, has seen a lot of success too, even though his strikeout numbers are down. So strikeouts don't always equate to success. I mean, they help. And, they build, and the bottom line is guys like Ventura and Duffy and Shields, so on and so forth, they can go out there and get strikeouts when they need them, and that's the most important thing to have. So Ventura now improves to 12-9 and nine with a 3-2-5 ERA. I think Aaron Crow deserves some big credit. He, I mean, has, has gotten quite a bit of criticism this year. In the grand scheme, for us, he's not that great of a reliever, but Detroit would clamor for Aaron Crow. ERA in the high threes, a guy with that kind of movement, that kind of slider, when it's really working, it just drops off the table. But for Royals Nation, we're so spoiled by, uh, 
you know, the nasty boys down there with Holland and Davis and Herrera that were like, man, Aaron Crow's not very good. He's actually not that bad, guys. He's actually having a decent season out of the pin, but we're just so spoiled. But give him credit. He comes in in a 2 nothing game, a runner on in the seventh inning, and he gets behind 3-1 and one to Chase Headley. That's always a problem and a concern with Crow is that he gets behind hitters and, and or walks them. He gets behind 3-1 and one but makes a pitch. Gets him to roll into the 4-6-3 double play, and from that point on, you felt like the Royals had this game. That was the mo- one moment of the game when, you know, when Ventura walks a leadoff hitter and you go to Crow and he gets behind 3-1. That's probably the one moment where you worried today where you're like, oh, no, this is not good. But Crow got out of it, and from that point on, you know, once he got Ichiro looking to end that seventh inning, it was all Royals. Herrera comes in for the eighth, 1-3-4 ERA now. Is he another scoreless inning? Same thing for Davis. Give up one hit, struck out two. The video game season continues for Davis. A 0.71. Just a nice win for the Royals. And a great way to start the road trip, winning two out of three at the New York Yankees as the Royals win a season series against the Yankees for the first time since 99. It was the first time winning one nothing in Royals history in Yankee Stadium on Friday. I haven't heard this stat or thought to look it up. I'm assuming it's the first time they've taken two out of three and shut out the Yankees two out of three in Yankee Stadium. So quite the weekend for the Royals, even though the bats weren't really going. So real quick here, by the way, I, I want to tell you one thing. I do have somebody on Twitter who tells me they listen to the, to, the, to the dish every single night and they wanted to be on the show with me. So I'm going to go to them here in about two minutes. I've got them on hold right now. Before we do that, though, real quickly, uh, I want to preview Detroit real quick here. You got Jeremy Guthrie against Justin Verlander tomorrow. Guthrie and Verlander tomorrow. Now, Verlander comes off a six and two-third, six-run outing on nine hits at Cleveland, or as we call it, 2014. Because Verlander has not been good in 2014. He's 12 and 12 with a 4-8-0. If the Royals could really put the hurt on him, they could get his ERA approaching five after tomorrow. Now, that's a big F. Verlander supposedly... From listening to their broadcast the other night on MLB.tv, supposedly the velocity is coming back, getting closer to 95 consistently. Supposedly the curveball is getting better. We'll see. I mean, it sure didn't look like it against Cleveland. But Guthrie against Verlander at this point, I give the Royals an edge in that, in that matchup. It's a big ballpark. I like Jeremy Guthrie pitching in that ballpark. I don't know. I mean, but, but then again, how can you like the Royals' offense against anyone at this point? It's tough to predict these games. We'll just kind of look at the matchups. I do think the Royals have an edge in that matchup tomorrow. Not a huge edge, but a slight edge. Now, then on two, but remember, remember, by the way, that tomorrow is a 3 o'clock game in the afternoon. There will not be a dish tomorrow, by the way. I will not be able to see the whole game. And once again, as I always say, if I'm not watching every pitch, every inning, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't think that's the right way to do stuff. So there will be no dish tomorrow, 3 p.m. game because of the Monday night football game. So make sure you realize that. Your schedule still says 6. The game is at 3, so don't forget to tune in tomorrow afternoon if you can or follow along on game day or MLB.tv on your phone or what have you. Now, Tuesday night, it's Vargas and Scherzer. We know all about Scherzer, 15-5 and five with a 3-2-5. Six innings of two-run ball as last start against Cleveland. The edge goes to Detroit on Tuesday, although statistically Vargas is not far off from Scherzer. They're, they're comparable in some ways. But we'll give Detroit a slight edge on Tuesday, and we'll give the Royals an edge on Wednesday. We'll, we'll go slight because Parcello isn't exactly a joke this year. Rick Parcello and James Shields on Wednesday. Now, we know Shields coming off of the most impressive game he's pitched in a Royals uniform. You know, many would argue that's one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game pitched since the 85 World Series because of the magnitude. Sure, you had the Saberhagen no-hitter in 91, and you go through the Grinky game. Uh, was it against Seattle, whoever it was, a few years ago when he struck out all those guys? I mean, there's been, there's been some very impressive games since then. David Cohn won a Cy Young. Kevin Apier had great games. But for the magnitude of the situation, the Royals not getting any offense on Friday, only getting one, and Yankee Stadium, September baseball when it counts. 
I can buy that argument if you want to say that that was one of the biggest games since 85. I can buy the argument. I mean, I don't feel comfortable saying it was the most, but it's definitely... I mean, the point being, Shields was coming off a terrific outing, taking on Rick Porcello, who got lit up his last start against the Giants. Gave up five runs and ten hits in three innings, but still a 3-3-0 ERA, 15-10. So, I mean, Scherzer and Porcello are pretty comparable as well. So the Royals aren't going to have an easy series at all. Like we said, they've got to go 3-3 three and three on this trip. Minimum, they have to win one of these games. Have to win one of these games. You really want to win two. But if you get one, you at least have a decent trip. Two, you've had a great trip. If the Royals win two of these three, then they're in the driver's seat officially at that point for the AL Central. Coming up on, what, 16 games left at that point. If they win two out of three, they're in the driver's seat. you got to figure they probably have a three-game lead at that point-ish, depending on what the Tigers do tonight. The Royals sweep, the division's almost theirs. Big if on both things. It's going to be tough to win this series. It's going to depend. The keys to this series are going to be the Royals' offense, as we both know. You know Detroit's going to score some runs. You know Detroit's bullpen is hopefully, in theory, going to give up some runs. But, again, all bets are off (laughs) with this Royals' offense. So we'll be back on Tuesday here on Clubhouse Conversation. No dish tomorrow. Before we go, though, I do want to welcome on Aaron from Gladstone, who has been listening to the show for quite a while, I think, at clubhouseconversation.com. He downloads it in his iTunes every single day. Sent me a DM on Twitter and said, I know you have player interviews all the time by phone. Could I join you and ask you some questions so far? So this, sometimes. So this is something I thought about doing in the future, especially next year, maybe opening it up a lot more next year. But if you'd like to be on Clubhouse Conversation, join me on a dish, ask some questions, give your thoughts, I'd love to have you on. So DM me, tweet at me, whatever it is. Royals Clubhouse. Royals Clubhouse. At Royals Clubhouse. The name on Twitter. You can also holler at me through the site here as well. I want to see if I can bring him in. Aaron from Gladstone, are you still there on hold? Yeah, Dave, I want to thank you for having me on first. Hey, man, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate that. Ho- hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode since you've been on hold for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been great. So I just had a couple of quick questions, especially about this upcoming Detroit series. Yeah. Um, we saw Willingham got in the game today. Um, got on base a couple times. Billy has obviously been struggling in the last couple weeks especially. Who do you go to at DH uh, for the series, Willingham or Billy? <sighs> Great question. That's that's a million-dollar question right there. Well, yeah, you mentioned they've given Butler a couple of days off in New York. Ned was saying we want to give him another mental day to sit back and watch and relax. He's pressing too much. Whatever it is, the bottom line is Billy's not producing overall for the season or the last couple of weeks, though he did, as you know, Aaron, carry the team you know, literally for almost two weeks. I mean, when he when he got hot, the Royals really got hot back then in August. So he's a guy that you want in the lineup. You've got to get him going again at some point, I think. But with that said, Josh Willingham starts the last two, you know, gets on base yesterday with a double. Um, Today gets on base, scores a run, hit the ball hard, took one out to the warning track today. And and that's after sitting for over a week. So Willingham didn't have his timing down. But you ask about Detroit in particular, to answer the overall question, I think that probably what it comes down to is mix and match the rest of the season where maybe both of them play two out of three or three out of every five games. You can work in Willingham once every three or four days in right field if his back will allow it and kind of rotate. And you can also take Hosmer out of the lineup once every five games if you want Butler and Willingham's bat in there. So I think it'll be a mix and match the rest of the year. As for Detroit, same thing, but definitely tomorrow Butler's starting. Let me look up the stat here real quick on MLB.com. I know Butler has owned in his career – um, Justin Verlander, and Verlander will tell you, oh, they're all singles, blah, blah, blah. But here it is. For the career, Butler's hitting 430, Aaron. Can you believe that? Oh, that's crazy. For his career? Yeah, 430 against Verlander, 494 on base, an OPS over 1,000. And then what do you think Willingham's hitting against him? 
Oh, gosh, I don't know, 200, 300? 150, what? 150. Okay. So tomorrow, obviously, in, unless you're taking it, they're not going to take Hosmer out because right now they're not scoring any runs. They're going to have Hosmer in this series at first, and they probably should because Hosmer's the superior defender. So Hosmer's in there all three games. With that said, the only way Willingham plays tomorrow is in right, but that's not going to happen. They're going to play probably Nori out there in right. You know, again, tomorrow, like slight chance it could go Dyson in center and move Kane to right. But I think for sure, yeah, Butler hitting 430 versus Willingham's 150. I think we know the answer for tomorrow. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Um, so they say, you know, that winning is cures all. Yeah. And it has been, especially for the last week or so. But what do you think? I mean, what, what do we score? Two runs or less in like six out of the last eight games or something yeah, like six that? Of eight, Are yeah. you a little bit worried about this offense going into, especially facing a team like Detroit, that's all they do is score? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, and Ned Yost gets asked all the time, "Are you are you concerned?" And he's like, "Well, we won, didn't we?" Yeah, that's true. You know, you're right now. The Royals are kind of like if you know, if you watch college basketball or whatever, they're they're clogging the lane, they're mucking things up, they're turning you over, they're they're making you make errors, they're they're converting on your mistakes, and they're just doing enough to win. It's not sexy. They're scoring in the fifties, they're playing in the Big Ten or whatever. That's kind of what the Royals are doing right now. It's all defense and pitching. And the offense, the scoring, if you look at it at basketball, isn't there. But they're finding ways to win. But, yes, in the grand scheme, they're going to have to score more than this. I think we both know that, especially now we're waiting to see what happens with Danny Duffy. But I'm sure, Aaron, you're probably pretty worried about Duffy, right? Of course. Yeah, everybody is right I mean, now. If, if you're losing Duffy and you're going to have to go replacement level for a couple starts to somebody like Hendricks, or even in the playoffs, if you're not, you know, maybe you lose your Guthrie or Ventura as your fireman. Maybe they both both have to start in the rotation now. I mean, yeah, that that's going to make you need to score even more runs. The offense will need to step up at some point. But the good news is, I just I, I think it's who they are, man. I, I just think they're not a very good offensive team. I mean, do you agree that they're probably not as bad as they were early in the season and probably not as good as August? Is that a fair assessment? Of course, they're somewhere in between. And even Hopefully. even I mean, do, what do you think, Aaron? Do you think right now that the offense is Worse than May or about the same as May? Well, I think they're about the same. We're just running into really good pitching right now that's kind of saving us. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> there's, been, there's been some good pitchers they faced, I mean, you know, in the Yankees series and back. But, I mean, you can also agree that we're getting shut down by probably guys we probably shouldn't be getting shut down by too, right? Well, especially, like, that's, that's what bothered me the most about the, the Texas series, that our approach was so bad and we were letting guys like Colby Lewis and Derek Holland take us deep into games when we really should have been getting them out early. Yeah, especially Derek Holland. Well, he could have gone, what, 10 innings almost? I mean, he's right. making his debut, obviously a good pitcher, but making his debut after getting roughed up at AAA Round Rock for a while, you would have expected more out of that. Yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. The offense, I think, is just what it is. I don't, what do you think? I mean, do you think this team is – obviously, you, you follow the team every day. Do you think this team is good enough if the offense – let's just say the offense scores – a little bit more than they are now, but not. Let's say they're averaging three runs a game for when they get to postseason against that good pitching. I mean, do you think we're good enough to win in the postseason? I think this team is definitely built for the postseason. I think they're they're built to to win close games. You know, to to have those pitching battles. But we need to be scoring close to four runs a game. I think, especially down the stretch, to lock down this division and hopefully get some hot hitting heading into the playoffs. Now, how about a prediction from you for the Detroit series? I mean, do you agree with me on my on what I said? I, I thought we have a slight edge with Guthrie against Verlander. I thought we ha- were disadvantage, you know, with uh, the second game with uh, with Vargas going up against Scherzer. In the third game, I like our odds with Shields and Parcella. What do you think about the Detroit series? Oh, well, the first game worries me quite a bit. You know, I think Verlander's due to have a big game someday. I mean, surely he's not going to hold up this four eight four nine all year. Surely he's going to have one game where he shuts us down. 
Uh, that worries me a little bit. I actually like our, our matchup with Vargas in the second game, and, and Porcello has been awful his last few starts. So I, I definitely think we at least need to get two out of three here. I mean, if we're going to win this division, we got to beat Detroit head-to-head. So you don't think – see, I, I'm starting to think kind of three and three against them might almost do it. But, I mean, that just depends. I mean, if you look at Detroit's schedule, you broke this down last night. I don't know if you heard it. But, I mean, they've got 20 games left, 19 after tonight against San Francisco. I mean, they basically are going to have to finish about 13 and seven to get to 90 wins. So, I mean – I'm I'm starting to think if they lose tonight, then they only have six more losses. If we beat them three times head to head, they only have three, and they've still got Cleveland and you know the Twins and the Whites and the White Sox. That doesn't give you much margin for error. So I don't know. You, you think it's going to take more than three and three to get the division for the Royals? I don't know if it'll take more than three and three. I just would hate to have even more pressure going on that last series with Detroit. I'd rather take two out of three now, kind of be a little loose going into that series against Detroit. Maybe have a you know an already a two or three game lead. I like you, Aaron. You should you should get in the show more often. Maybe we should start doing it once a week, man. You want to be on sometimes? Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, any other questions you have, by the way? Oh, yeah. One last question, especially uh, with Verlander going tomorrow. Did you happen to see those picks last week? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's enough. And to answer your question, honestly, yes, I did happen to see those pictures. And I was expecting just to see a little Kate Upton as my buddy sent me an email. And all of a sudden, I scrolled through four times. And I saw a lot more of Verlander than I expected. And let's just put it this way. Even his fastball at 90 is more impressive than what I saw. <laughs> Let alone the 98. The 90 is even more impressive. <laughs> Hey, there we go. hey, Aaron, thanks for calling, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dave. Yeah, that was fun. We should do that more often. <laughs> Come on now, Verlander stuff. Hey, thanks for having us on. It's another edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. If you'd like to join us on the show, love to have you. Send me a tweet at Royals Clubhouse. You can DM me on there. Um, you can also email me here, Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com. I'd love to talk to you and talk some Royals baseball. You know, and I guess Kate Upton pictures is what we're talking about today. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday evening. There will be a couple of interviews the next couple of days as well. I've got a few more current Royals for you from this year. A minor league guy, a major league guy this week. We'll catch up with Calvin Pickering. Remember him? So we'll have interviews published the next three days on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Lots of interviews here and lots more coverage of your Royals as we continue to grow and talk Royals baseball here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a good night. Go Royals and go Giants.